Welcome back to another episode of the Catholic Buzz Podcast. We're so happy that you're joining us here today as we continue the conversation about different Catholic topics. Uh, the Catholic Buzz is available on YouTube, on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and now Spotify. So thank you for joining us and uh, being uh, people who listen to us so we continue to expand the options of where this podcast is available. My name is Father Daniele. And I'm joined, as always, by Josh Sullivan over Hello. here. Josh, welcome to you. Thank and you. And the person who won't share the winnings of his roll up the rim to win with me, <laughs> Matt Van Milligan. Matt, welcome to you. Hello. Yeah, I'm loving the shirt. Thanks. Yeah, it's got that, like, lumberjack feel. <laughs> we chose plaid day today. Yeah, yeah. That's that's plaid. We that's both that's have that's plaid. You know what? Maybe next week I'll wear plaid. And we'll both wear black. And you'll both wear black. Yeah. That would be really <laughs> exciting. Okay, lots of stuff going on in, in, the, news? The, in the news. I know, okay. Crazy. So, number one, we know that our area, the North Bay Ferry Sound District, we're out of the stay-at-home order. We're now into the red zone, which, you know, gives us a little freedom, little but bit, yeah. still cautious. And the churches are, have opened. Uh, this morning, our church opened uh, for our first public mass. So that's our local area. But this weekend, I was really taken by what was happening with Pope Francis. Yeah, he and, went on a trip. his trip to Iraq. Yeah, that's, okay? a big, that's a big deal, eh? Yeah, like I was talking to Matt just before we went on the air here. And uh, it's pretty significant of what, what happened this weekend. And, and God bless the Pope. I, I must admit, I was nervous for him. Yeah. The course. security concerns, you know, there was bombs that went off last Wednesday. Even the President of the United States was talking about retaliation uh, for those bombs that went off. And then the Pope <laughs> goes there on Friday. It's two days before he, the Pope goes there. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, he and he went around. Like, he went to Erbil. And, I mean, every night he was in Baghdad. Mosul, I think this was the place where um, they had, I, I believe it was the place, if not Erbil, uh, where the cathedral was bombed. Mm -hmm. And he celebrates, he celebrated Mass in that cathedral that was attacked by ISIS. Like, significant, significant things that are happening there. Yeah, it's great. And the Pope does that, right? The Pope, like, by going to different places. He, like, it's not, it's not just like the President of the United States. A lot of people don't realize. But he's the spiritual head of the, of the church. Yes. Right? So, so on top of being the representative from Vatican country, also, he is also the spiritual head. So he has all the Catholic and the Christian. And then he goes around and, try, and talks to... He was talking to all the different leaders, right? And, and even talking about the Jewish people and talking about mm -hmm. in, in the Muslim country. Uh, who did he meet there? That was Yeah, he met with the Ayatollah, who is yeah. the leader of the Shia, the, 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 the group of yeah. Shia uh, Muslims, right? Yeah. And the image, I mean, this Ayatollah is 93 years old. Pope Francis, of course, is 84 years yeah. old. And, and these two coming together to meet. Big deal. With, yeah. with the common goal of peace is quite a significant moment for for the world, right? Yeah. And I believe the comments were made by the Ayatollah after, you know, acknowledging the fact that Christians in Iraq should be able to live in peace. And I mean, fascinating stuff. Cool things coming out of that. Cool things. And I, I hope uh, it continues. Perfect right? love casts out no fear. Yeah. yeah. All fear, sorry. Casts out all fear. Yeah. And, uh, not no fear. <laughs> casts out all fear. And so the Pope loving, you know, and going and, and doing it. Yeah. Casting out all that fear. And then, and then, obviously making some headway and making some good things happen. Yeah, it, it was an interesting time to go. You know, the pandemic is still on, and uh, there was different times where Pope Francis was wearing a mask, wasn't wearing a mask. Uh, Iraq has its own issues with uh, the pandemic right now. And also, uh, you know, with the security security concerns yeah. itself. Yeah, yeah So, yeah. But Pope Francis, uh, he said, 
like Wednesday after that attack we talked about, he said John Paul II had to cancel his trip to Iraq for a similar reason. He said he wasn't going to let that happen again. So That's cool. I know. Yeah. And there's this beautiful statue of Mary. Did you see the statue of Mary? That was... was uh, I think it was bombed in yeah. the attack uh, of, uh, a number of years ago. Pope Francis, they were trying to restore it for his visit, and Pope Francis came and blessed it. Yeah. Like, just cool, Good stunning stuff. things. Yeah. A lot of people don't know this, actually, but isn't it the Muslim faith that does have a high respect for Mary? Like, um, yes. They, they, yes. They are one of the ones that uh, really do have, they believe that Jesus was a prophet of some sorts. Uh, but that Mary was like, they, she actually holds a pretty significant place. And I think they were the ones that were talking about a relic of a shroud of Mary or something that they were the ones that actually brought forward yeah. um, this relic. And whether it's to be proven true or not, I don't know. But it was something, you know, kind of cool. And, and the places the Pope visited, sorry, we're going on yeah. about this, yeah. but the, the places <laughs> that the Pope visited were, are very biblical. Yeah. Like very yeah. biblical places. Like he, and a Pope has never been, like, a, 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 this is the first time a Pope has visited Iraq. Right, and they went to the place that was presumed to be the birthplace of Abraham. You know, Pope Francis talked about the unity between Christians and Muslims and Jews. But we all share the, the their father, father of, of Abraham. Of Abraham, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Really cool stuff. Uh, we could go on. Yeah, so that, that's we a whole could other do a whole episode oh, on this. <laughs> we always say that. Eh? It's just because we don't know how to stop talking. Uh, <laughs> another thing that happened yeah was, yeah was the vaccines are coming out in Canada I just want to make a real quick reference because we talked about this before so really quickly um, AstraZeneca and the Johnson & Johnson the other two vaccines uh, those, those are coming out and are going to be available soon for Canadians those aren't approved by the Catholic Church and the reason why the main difference between the two uh, Moderna and Pfizer were tested on the cells, meaning like they would test it on a human, just like they would test it on mice. So they tested their vaccine on the cell to see how the cell would react. That's how Pfizer and Moderna were. That's why they were approved. Unfortunately, AstraZeneca and um, Johnson & Johnson's vaccine are a chimpanzee vaccine. We won't get into it, but it's a chimpanzee vaccine that is injected, but they grow that chimpanzee vaccine in human cells. And that's against, it, again, it's still allowed by the teachings of the Catholic Church, but the bishops have spoken up and a lot of people, a lot of uh, church officials have spoken up and said, if you have a choice, please ask your doctor for the Pfizer or Moderna. Mm -hmm. They're 95% effective anyways, versus like the other two, which are like in the 60s and 60% effective. So, I mean, if you want one, go for the bigger one, the better one anyways, but they're in line with the Catholic Church. These other two, they said, if you have a choice, don't choose these because these aren't effective, uh, not effective. These are not in line with the teachings of the church. You're still allowed to receive them. It's not against Catholic faith, but the way that they're developed. So, Yeah, and lots of, uh, lots of <laughs> I mean, what we did that episode, you know, can yeah. Catholics take the COVID-19 vaccine? Yeah, you know, yeah. and this, I mean, lots of reaction oh, yeah, yeah, from, yeah. From, that, yeah. Uh, from that episode. So thanks for the update there. I'm sure we'll get some reaction on what you said there. Um, <laughs> but nonetheless, we keep going. Now, we are in the season of Lent, and that's what we're here to talk about today. Yeah. We're here to talk about um, some practices of mercy. You know, Lent, Lent we focus a lot on, uh, on mercy, self-reflection, uh, looking within ourselves, making room for God in our life, right? Uh, avoiding vice and growing in virtue, all those things. There is a, a practice in the church or, you know, um, that I think we're going to explore today and next time. There are the corporal works of mercy and the spiritual works of mercy. We don't often give them 
a lot of attention. So no. we're going to unpack the corporal work of mercy's uh, corporal works of mercy today, and next week we'll unpack the uh, spiritual works of mercy. You want to give anything else to that? Uh, like, what are the corporal works of mercy? What? Someone say, what? What are they talking about? Um, uh, that's actually where I was going to go because a lot of times when we talk about Lent, we talk about you know prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, and mm -hmm. it's like prayer seems pretty obvious, or like we we, um, we have some formation in prayer. Yeah. Um, fasting, we we follow kind of the prescriptions of of the church itself on you know what's what's required for fasting, but almsgiving can be pretty open ending. Like how, how do we how do we how do we give of ourselves? How do we so. Um, appealing to the both the corporeal and the spiritual works of mercy, those are concrete examples, concrete things that you can do that are kind of examples of almsgiving for Lent. Now corporal, obviously meaning corpus, meaning body, meaning physical body yeah. kind of thing? Kind of a tangible. Yeah. Tangible yeah. things. Yeah. Physical. Yeah. Physical things. Okay. And that's what we're talking about today. Yeah. Uh, why do we have seven uh, corporal works of mercy and where do they come from? I heard now that I don't know this for sure. I mean, I, I, you guys could probably tell me more about this. But uh, something about the Beatitudes, too, and Jesus' miracles. Those were kind of like some of the places where, where uh, these were drawn from. But the Beatitudes specifically, I don't know if that was the spiritual or the corporal. But they normally are found hand in hand. The were acts of mercy. And yeah, the, that makes sense. My, my, my brain is scanning right now for just kind of numerological references. Okay, seven. There's seven deadly sins. Seven, there was yeah. Like yeah. To, find, to see if there's a corresponding. But I'm not oh, that would be interesting, too. Seven deadly sure sins. that comes from. And in the Gospel of Matthew, remember, it's taken right from the teachers of Jesus. Yeah. You know, uh, I was hungry, and you gave and me, you gave me That's right. something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was in prison, and you visited me. I was sick. I mean, right from, yeah. right from the teachings of Jesus. Yeah, right? that makes sense. Uh, yes. So, how do you want to do it? You want to unpack? So, there are seven. Go through each one. we're going to go through each one and just say, so... Why are we talking about this today? It's we don't usually talk about it, and these are tangible, like Matt said, tangible things uh, that that are good to do during the Lenten season, especially, mm -hmm. but always mm -hmm. uh, as as people of faith, as people who adhere to the teachings of Jesus, they're good to to sort of make these things a concrete part of our life. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, do you want to start, or what do you want to do? Sure. Go? Yeah, go for it. The first one: feed the hungry. I wonder how we do that. Feed the hungry. <laughs> No, that's, I mean, I think that's pretty self-explanatory, but I think a lot of times people don't do this to the fullness of their capacity or don't think of it. Like I gave, I remember going, and this was when I was a teenager, many moons ago, um, but going around doing the food drive. And so we'd go around and collect mm. food for the food bank. And I remember some of the richest houses that we went to were like, oh, here's a can of tuna. You know what I mean? Now, not saying that they... Uh, not saying that tuna's bad. Or no, yeah, yeah, no, no, but, but, but yeah. <laughs> or, or that they, like, I, I, was, I was completely judging them as a teenager, that they were giving me, where, and then we go some of the, some of the uh, let's say, the houses that are closer to, like, townhouses and that kind of stuff, and they give you, like, a grocery bag worth of food, and you think, okay, well, this, this person is obviously giving what they can afford, and maybe some of the other people are like, oh, I, yeah, here's a can of tuna. You know what I mean? Like, I remember thinking, okay, sometimes people giving the act, and I know I'm guilty of this sometimes too, it's just not thinking ahead, not thinking, oh, okay, God has given me this awesome, I've been provided for, I never have to worry about what I'm going to eat. Um, I can share that wealth, you know? I think something we have to remember too is God rewards us for our generosity. Yeah. I, I think we often forget that, that when we are generous with our gifts, that God rewards us. Like there have been many moments in my life when you know I felt like maybe I'm not in a position to to help someone right now because I, I don't have much myself. Um, but when you stretch 
that a little bit further, <laughs> how much things just begin to fall in place and, yeah. and things come back to you, right? Like, yeah. I think it's beautiful. And how that can be extended over time as well. That it's like, it's not just kind of singular acts of like, I'm giving somebody something, so, you know, yes. I receive this grace, right? Receive this mercy. That Like, that it creates uh, kind of a habit and a lifestyle of, of generosity, of That's hospitality right. or something. Like, and, and, and we said... Um, uh, volunteering in soup kitchens, um, giving to food banks, like di directly working to feed the poor. Yeah. I think that, like that's that's the first and most obvious example, and I don't want to detract from that at all. No. Right. But part of this can also be inviting people into your home to share a meal. And like, exactly, un understandably, we're, we're in under COVID. Some, some limitations <laughs> right now in, in in how much we can do that. Um, but there, there's something to be said for bringing people who are hungry for food and community Company, and. Yeah. Um, yeah, conversation about the faith that it, that bringing them in to to your life, yeah. to your table. Um, that there's there's something to be said said for that because what, what, yeah, what are they man hungry doesn't live for? On bread alone. I, I, I like that. Yeah. What are they hungry for? Yeah. And then feeding that, right? Yeah, and just like you know, the church welcomes people to her table. You know, the community mm -hmm. gathers around her table. Yeah. We're supposed to do the same thing. We're supposed to be people who invite. You know, uh, I'm privileged to be at both your tables yeah. uh, often <laughs> outside of COVID, I guess. And, uh, you know, but it is, there's something there um, to be welcoming and hospitable it, to our brothers and sisters. Even during Thanksgiving and those kind of things, yeah. remembering the people. Like, uh, so my family had a tradition that would, they would, in, during Thanksgiving, Christmases and all the, you know, the big feasts, we would invite everybody that we knew that was single or didn't have family around. And so we had sometimes people at our house. I mean, we had nine kids to begin with, but there would be about 30 people at my house uh, for these celebrations. And most of them were single people or people maybe wh whose husband had died or wife has died or some priests and stuff that may not have a family home to go to or hadn't already yeah. made plans and stuff. So we had a whole bunch of people that were just, uh, but again, it was community and it was great. I, I, like, I, I grew up in that, you know, it was a great, uh, as a child, experiencing that that was great you know and i i don't, don't want to extend this any more than we have to but you know, i remember when i was younger you know uh, my parents were a great example of people who hosted a lot you know the door was always open people would always fill our our our, our table fill our home you know and yeah. that, those were the days when people just showed up at your house yeah you know yeah, yeah. like people just showed up come on in there Sit was down, always eat. something on the table there was always <laughs> something you know and I, I remember that a lot and that's kind of how i am because my family's that that way of always opening the door and welcoming people in uh but today we're, we're, yeah. <laughs> someone shows up at your door yeah. unexpected. Yeah. I mean, outside of COVID, I guess, yeah. you know, someone shows up at your door unexpected. People like freak out. What, yeah. Why right? didn't you text me? Why <laughs> didn't you call ahead? Why didn't you? I mean, there is something about being hospitable and where people know that they can rely on you mm -hmm. well, when they just need company or, or something like that, that they just show up at your door, you know? And, well, yeah. that, that's moving on to the next topic is, yeah. is, is, that, is that when people come to my house, they normally always know that they can drink. <laughs> and so give drink to the thirsty. So number two of the seven corporate works of mercy, give drink to the thirsty, right? <laughs> is that what they mean? Because we always have wine. <laughs> Um, but no, but giving drink to the thirsty. I think this is too one of those things uh, when you're thinking about it, obviously clean water and thinking like uh, at the foundation and the root of the foundation of it is making sure people have access to this and, and helping people and, and, and with water in third world countries, all that stuff too, but specifically. Yeah. And that part doesn't necessarily, like we wouldn't necessarily think of this being Canadian and having no. more fresh water than we know what to do with, but the right. context that this is developed in and this like, um, Father, you were saying that uh, a lot. A lot of these correspond to the, the works that Jesus did himself. And just like think about the the um, asking the woman for a drink at the well, like yes. that that, uh, that that these 
that in you know, um, you know, for, first century <laughs> Jerusalem, um, that you know, giving someone a drink of water, um, and a lot of times it's it's put out of our mind that there are places in the world that um, you know don't don't have fresh water to drink. That there are organizations and charities that their whole mission is to you know provide people with with potable water. So yeah, um, yeah, and 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 maybe even like you know, we don't think about that in Canada. You know, maybe not wasting water that we have either, right? Like being conscious of, of being in solidarity with people who don't. So, um, yeah. But but also, yeah. yeah I was gonna say just and, and on the on the flip side of that is is even just like you were saying, having the door open and all that kind of stuff is like you go to a baseball game, you go to a soccer game, you go to whatever the game is is thinking about other people ahead of time. So having that water ready to go, um, mm -hmm. that's just a little service, but it's outside of feeding the thirsty, I mean, sorry, giving drink to the thirsty, is also giving them, showing people that you're caring about them and taking it out, out for me, like I have my own water bottle. But if I'm thinking about other people ahead yeah. of time, it's bringing now <clears throat> this internal me, 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 me attitude and bringing it out. And if I'm teaching my, that to my kids, my kids are now starting to think, like you said, your parents kind of always opening the door. And now that's the way you are, right? Yeah. It's the way. So teaching our children stuff is now looking outward, thinking about other people's needs ahead of your own or, you know what I mean? Like, and so that we, like, just, like I said, bringing, bring a bunch of bottled water to a soccer game. It's, it, you're not the coach, you're not yeah. anything, but it's just, you know, <clears throat> hey, I'm giving them out. No, here you go, have a, you know. And, and I don't want to uh, skip over what you said originally yeah. about, you know, it goes, it goes, you know, giving people a drink of wine or something. Yeah, yeah. Because it does go with the same thing about feeding the hungry, inviting people into your home. Yeah. yeah. If people want to come by for, for a drink. Or exactly. Like that, just knowing that they have someone to stop in, yeah, um, it, because often, someone's gonna listen. I mean, I think of the bartender, right? Like, <laughs> yes. you know, just kind of like there's a place that you can go. You sit down, you can have a drink, and you just talk about all your problems, and you can hear, be heard, and listen. Yeah. One of the ways of evangelizing is not standing on a soapbox preaching, but is to listen and form a relationship with somebody. And then when there's the worst times in their life, when they're needing to have a, a bartender and a drink, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, those are the times that you can share Jesus with them, right? And, and open the door and just say, okay. Let's say a prayer about this. Exactly. You know? so, yeah, it's very true. Offering community. Exactly. Offering community. Yeah. Just like when you were saying, like, what are people hungering for? Maybe yeah. it's, it's community. Same thing. What are people thirsting for? You know, like. Yeah. Uh, um, and what you said about that, like, uh, we think about these kind of grand, like these charities where they're, yeah. you know, their their sole mission is to do this thing. That, that that there are small acts. That there are small services that can be done. I think that transitions really well into our next one. Um, yeah. Sheltering the homeless. Mm -hmm. And it's yeah. like there are really really great ministries that are dedicated to providing for the needs of the homeless and providing shelter and, and supporting those is fantastic. Um, I think, but a, a lot of people I think w would, would find there's like, well, the, the, they're not, you know, providing a shelter for the homeless, so they can't do this. But there are, there are small services that can be done. Like um, someone is without a place to stay for a few months or a few weeks or a few, uh, uh, offering your home right. to, to that person. There, there are ways of providing shelter or providing a place yeah. for people in small ways that, um, you know, shouldn't detract from these large ways, but th there are small things that we can Yeah, and do. if you can't provide, like, you know, people, someone in your house, or maybe you feel uncomfortable, yeah. whatever, yeah. there are, the, 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 I, know, I know our parish community supports a lot of people who are, uh, who need help, you know, so uh, some people give their resources to the church to do it for them, and that's fine too. I mean, we help tons of people, especially in the last number of months uh, when we've been at a stay-at-home order, people haven't been working. <clears throat> you know, there's different agencies that, that do this that people can support, right? Or even something uh, like net. 
Yeah, oh, that's what yeah. I was thinking. Yeah. yeah, as they're going around, like, and hosting like a missionary or whatever the case may be. But also, people always think, okay, if I can't do this, then I got to pay. But that's not also your time. So yeah. um, one of the uh, unfortunate True. things I just saw in the newspaper in North Bay, so in the regional, was we were losing one of I think it's, Hope, it's Hope's Kitchen. Yeah, that we're losing because they didn't have enough volunteers to do the twenty-four hour shift. So Hope's Kitchen had um, all through the night was just a warm place for them to sit and have a cup of coffee. 24-7 type thing. And they're going to have to shut their doors because they don't have enough people volunteering yeah. um, for a couple hour shifts at night. So like, even if you don't have the money to do it, and that's, and that like, I don't want to put you out of a home so that you can, you know, like obviously, but, but you could just by going and sitting here, obviously they, they would probably like funds and, and donations, but just your time would help keep this place open. You know what I mean? So, true. True. Uh, things like that. Uh, which, giving your time, the next one, number four, Corporal yeah. Mercy is visiting the sick. Hard to do today. Right? <laughs> you can't get anywhere near the hospital or uh, where the sick are. You know, uh, I, I like I have over this during this COVID uh, time uh, have been in the hospital and the nursing homes and long time care centers. Obviously, it's very, very, uh, you know, very different atmosphere. You know, you have to be clothed and PPE and all that stuff. So visiting the sick, you know, we would encourage people to go to the hospital and visit. I mean, now you can't, you can't really do that. But there are many ways. I love the sort of creativity over the past year that people have had yeah. to, to, to connect with people, right? Whether it's via screen or, or whatever it might be. You see, you see things on the news. I watched a, an episode of W5 this past weekend. It had like year two of the of the pandemic, and there were people communicating through windows and yeah. with signs, and you know, like some beautiful things just to yeah. bring bring uh, hope in this time. And I think that's the thing, like remembering that the sick. Um, when we talk about where where we kind of get this tradition of uh, we're listening to the Bible in a Year podcast, and it's talking about okay, if you're leprous or whatever else, you go and you get outside of everybody else, so you don't spread the sickness around. But then Jesus, and you talk about St. Francis, and like a lot of the saints and stuff, would go out to those leprous communities and take care of them. And like St. Francis never getting sick from being in the leprous communities and taking care of them. And yeah. You know what I mean? Like kind of a cool, that, that's, what, that's what we're called to do is to go and take care of them. But, but not only that, but also to give them, imagine you're sick and you're in a bed and you can't. I mean, I, I've only ever had to do that. I think it was three days, the worst I've ever had to be in a bed. And I couldn't get anywhere or do anything. And, like, that's just painful. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, it's, I want to get up. I want to get doing things. Boring, all that stuff. So giving people, even if it's just talk on the phone, even if it's just whatever. Yes, and visiting the sick. Also, the next uh, corporate work of mercy is visiting prisoners. Now, this one is a tough one because, you know, uh, I don't know how, how many people uh, feel comfortable visiting prisoners. Mm -hmm. And I don't, in the visitation hours at prisons and all that stuff. And, and if you don't know part. the person and everything else, and we're losing our prison here, right? Or uh, no, detention center. Uh, but I, I think, uh, yes, uh, there are people called to prison ministry, mm -hmm. visiting people in the prison. But also, there is a way that we can support people who are isolated, and I think is the point, right? Mm -hmm. We talked about the sick. Yep. You know, the imprisoned, uh, although in different situations, are also isolated. Um, and, and to keep them in, in our prayers, uh, to be able to visit them. In, in different ways, like you said, maybe it's not personally, like maybe we found creative ways to visit the sick. Yeah. Those are right. Uh, now, we can talk about people who are in prison, yeah. but there are also people imprisoned in their own home, yeah. in their own 
yeah. uh, sort ways. of world oh, or yeah. whatever. Even, I mean, that would even fall into long-term care. I mean, that could be, that's visiting sick, but also just like they're in prison in the sense of they're, they're, they're not moving from the, where they're at, they're bedridden or whatever. Like both of those kind of can play into the same kind of, they're not necessarily sick in the sense of, um, I don't know, sick the way that I think of it, but, but maybe they're just in prison, like you said, like, but in prison in a room. So they just exactly. can't move around. Yeah. And so, yeah, um, I love the example that I always think of when I think of visiting prisoners, uh, too. Um, the, the bishop, uh, Bishop uh, Jean-Louis, used to always go and do his very first mass at Christmas time. We'd come to North Bay here and do the mass at the prison. And so um, he w his very first mass, 4 o'clock, at Christmas mm -hmm. Eve, would be mass at the prison. I know that because my parents used to play the music for him and stuff. Um, and so just kind of an idea that showing, okay, go visit the sick. And then the other one is Pope uh, JP2, who he went and visited um, the guy who shot him. In yes. Prison, you know yeah. what I mean? And visiting him and stuff. So just kind of showing you, like, through forgiveness and through all that kind of stuff. But just even just showing them that you care about them, the rehabilitation that can come from that, um, having people realize they're not forgotten, they're not, you know. Yeah, Jesus still loves them. Yeah. That was a brilliant tie-in, by the way, with our our opening about you know popes being willing to put themselves in yeah. harm's way. <laughs> True. The gospel, yeah. True. Good yeah. call. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, our sixth uh, corporal work of mercy. Moving on here, we're getting close to the end of our time together. Uh, is burying the dead, and so obviously to show respect um, and dignity to someone who has died by offering them a proper burial, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. we honor their remains, but also you know I think there's a sense of duty we have to people who have suffered a loss, mm -hmm. right? To be, to sort of journey with them, to support them. Um, you know, lots of people show up right away when someone has uh, passed away. Uh, but as time goes on, you know, we still need to support people who have lost someone. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's really important for us. Yeah, and I can say just, just from my own experience, um, in the past two weeks, um, we, we buried my, my grandfather, um, who uh, was pretty, pretty important to me. Um, all throughout my life, but especially in my adult life. And the part of this that stands out to me is that it's like, it's not the singular act of, you know, the, the burial, yeah. that, no. like yeah. that, um, that event. And it's like, um, when you go back to the Gospels, when uh, the young man says, first let me go bury my father, then I'll come and follow yeah. you. Uh, burying your father doesn't mean, you know, in that case, the father probably isn't dead. He's basically saying, uh, let me let me wait out my father's last years and then, um, uh, but in, in this case, that uh, it was such a comfort to be able to be around family again under yeah. limitations, and mm -hmm. like yeah. that, that there's a way that this should happen, but uh, COVID COVID restricts that. Um, but that th the days surrounding and that being able to have those conversations, being able to reflect on the memory of somebody who is is very important to you, yeah. with other people who um, that it's it, it it almost it almost fits into. Um, this is a good segue for next week, but it, it's almost a, a, a spiritual work of mercy that it's uh, that um, this act of, of coming together to remember and you know yeah. uh, bury a person that you love in, in a way that you know uh, honors and, and dignifies them as a person. Um, yeah, there's 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 real real mercy there for the person, but also for the the people who are participating in that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, very true. And, and like you said, you, you have uh, experienced that yourself firsthand, right? So, uh, okay, the, the, last, the very last one is giving alms to the poor. We did a whole episode at the beginning of, of Lent uh, about, this, about yeah. this, how we are supposed to be people who provide services for those in need, whether it's through our time or money and all those things. So yeah. just, just to recap, the seven corporal uh, works of mercy are feeding the hungry, giving drink to the thirsty, sheltering the homeless, visiting the sick, 
visit the prisoners, bury the dead, and give alms to the poor. These are good practices that the church recommends for us uh, to really take in practice as, as Christians, uh, as we said at the beginning. They're really uh, from the teachings of Jesus, and they, I think they help us in tangible ways, like Matt said at the beginning, to put our Christian faith into practice. Next week, we're going to talk about the spiritual works of mercy. So now we're doing tangible stuff that we can do with our time, our talents, our, our resources. Next week, we're going to focus on things that will be good for our spiritual life. We encourage people, too, to think outside the box when it comes to this, right? Yeah, like, sure. obviously, read those again. Look them up and, and think outside the box how you can do this during COVID times. Yeah. Because it gets you thinking about other people, not just about yourself or about the situation that you're in. If someone's ever depressed and, and, and lonely and all that kind of stuff, the very first thing I'd say would be, look at the corporal acts of mercy. What have you been doing? Because if you're not doing any of those, start doing them and see if you feel so lonely and depressed and all that other stuff again, right? That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's a good point. We'll give Josh the final word today. Woo-hoo! So, uh, <laughs> if you have any questions, comments about anything we talked about, send us an email at thecatholicbuzzpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, for Josh Sullivan and Matt Van Milligan, my name is Father Daniel. We'll see you next time on The Catholic Buzz.